We're just ordinary people living ordinary lives until we see someone on TV win a $25,000 prize. Come on down. I'll play any game for 10 seconds of fame. Come on down. I'll make a deal just let me spin the wheel. Come on down. To win a million bucks, all you need is a little luck and thorough knowledge of multiple disparate trivial subjects. All right, welcome to an all-new episode of Come On Down, the Game Show podcast, hosted in front of a bright teal wall this week. Guys, welcome to my new house. Uh, that's, it's no, that's really incorrect. nice, this and is... we really we liked this, what we wanted in the wall color. Of my we, house. We it's, This is my house. We selected, we wanted something like if you were in a cool, like, commune, and the lights weren't bright green, but they were like, cool green and this was what you would see at the stoplights it was this would be go so i know a lot of people were worried because mm-hmm. uh there was no new episode last week mm-hmm. and i was very excited and ready to do an episode last week mm-hmm. yep. uh but for some reason you wouldn't do it right why was that i was moving i think into your new house yeah that we're not in right now I just told you why I painted these, so you, co- you these thought, walls the color. You thought that moving was more important than the podcast? <laughs> I did. Um, I do have a question for you, though. Yes. From one uh, new homeowner to a veteran. Yeah, that's me. I served in Iraq. Mm-hmm. That's actually the name of this paint color. You know how <laughs> they all have really cool Sherwin names? Sherwin-Williams, yeah. <laughs> um, so... Well, we had our neighbor come over and introduce herself to us. Oh, nice. And she brought over some the, the contents for a strawberry shortcake. Strawberries, those little empty bunt cakes. Okay. And whipped cream. Uh-huh. And introduced herself and we met her. Sure. My question to you is, is moving into a neighborhood similar to prison where you really don't want to associate with the very first person that talks to you? Well, what you should have done was raped her to assert dominance okay. of the neighborhood. Okay. Um, Jonda might have. I don't know. Okay. I, I didn't know their the full extent of their meeting and greeting. So, I, so I've lived in this house, again, that we're in right now, mm-hmm. for six years Whatever now. Whatever you say. Uh, I've lived here for six years. Mm-hmm. Don't know any of my neighbors. Don't know anybody. Uh, there's a guy and a gal that moved next door like a year ago. A guy and a gal? Yeah. Are they from the 50s? Yeah. They're married. Okay. Um, they uh, they live right over there. There used to be an older couple that lived over there. Um, That's the extent of what you know about them? No, Mike and Phyllis were their names. I okay, we got names. Yeah, Mike and Phyllis. Uh, Phyllis passed away. And uh, Did she, Was she in Iraq? Yeah, she was she was in Fallujah. Um and then uh, Mike moved. He didn't want to live there anymore by himself. Sure. So now that we've got some new people. There's some people on the other side, no idea, never met them, never like had a conversation with them. I feel like you want to do that at least to have your neighbors kind of watch your property and well, be able okay, to contact. Okay, but here's what you. happened. One time there's a guy across the street. One time I accidentally got his mail in my mailbox. Perfect. That'll, opportunity. That'll right. Perfect opportunity. Oh, hey, look. I. But one of the pieces of mail addressed to him was um, the Scientology magazine. Monthly Scientology magazine. Is that what it's called? Uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called. It had a weird... Like, it didn't say, like, Scientology. It was, like... Of course. Inside or something like that mm-hmm. was the name of it. I, it. I can't remember exactly what it was. But I, like, started kind of browsing the cover... And I was like, this feels culty. <laughs> and so then we read the entire magazine cover to cover. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I can't go deliver it to him now because I can't be like, I know you're a Scientologist now. Yeah. So we just kept it. Do you, do you frame it? I think we probably threw it away. Wow. Because it was too tempting to join up. Right. You had We to... needed to remove that. Yeah. It's like when you're on a diet and you buy Oreos. Exactly. You're like, I have to throw these away because I know I'm going to wake up in the middle of the morning, middle of the night, and just start eating these. Same thing with Scientology. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, you bailed on us last well, last week, but we're mm-hmm. back. We're back. Um, 
Sometimes I question your commitment to Sparkle Motion. <laughs> but love that movie so much. I just watched it like a week or two ago. It's so good. We're talking yeah. about Donnie Darko, and it's, I highly recommend it. It holds up. I gotta say, it holds up. Um, except if you bought the 4K Blu-ray from Arrow, it skips on most players. So Arrow, send me a fixed disc, please. <laughs> um, yeah, today we're gonna be talking about speaking of uh, cults, mm-hmm. the dating game. Does that have anything to do with cults? A little bit of a culty vibe. You Thank know what you. happens within cults? People date. You have to date within the cult because you can't really associate outside of the cult. That's true. Otherwise, you get Leah Remini'd. <clears throat> right. And you end up hosting People Puzzler on Game Show Network. Beautiful tie back into the game shows. Thank you. That was wonderful. Thank you. So, um, we've got an ad. Mm-hmm. Oh, that appears to be for Nest, which is... Interesting, because that's a product that I'm very familiar with, Yeah, and I'm glad that a big company like that reached out to us, so go ahead, and it looks like your line's first. (laughs) I want to get some speakers for my surround sound system, but I'm worried the audio is going to sound bad. No joke, our sponsor today has the exact solution for you. Some speakers don't capture the quality needed to truly transport you into the world of the movie. So how do I get that real-life sound? After you install the nests in the corner of your room... Four professional little people, little people actors, occupy the nests and give you that real life quality sound. How do they know what sounds to make? Just tell the head little person nest actor which movie you'd like to watch. Give them a week to memorize the scripts, and then they'll transport you into whatever cinematic world you choose. Well, how do I know these little people will give me a quality sound experience? Each actor is professionally trained at Lil Juilliard. A sister school to Juilliard. And each actor... uh, I guess a little sister school to Juilliard. (laughs) And each actor is a certified Foley artist as well. The acting is excellent along with the sound effects. Sounds awesome. Where can I get this surround sound system? Head to any Best Buy, Target, or Juilliard campus store. I guess including the little Juilliard campus. Uh Uh-huh. And get your system today. Just $1,200 for installation... And then yearly SAG fees for each little person is all this amazing system costs. Come on down, listeners. We'll receive 25% off installation fees and a free subwoofer, which is just a little person that can beatbox really well. Do they get reduced SAG fees? I don't like, think. Do that they would little, be illegal. Little, little SAG fees? That would for sure be illegal. Okay. Because uh, they have to pay the same amount of tuition at Little Juilliard. As a regular Juilliard? Yes. Okay. That's good to know. Wow, it's a wildly offensive product to the little people. Which, we do have a strong lil, lil, I just said lil person. <laughs> uh, listener base. Uh, lil Bow Wow listens, Lil Wayne. Uh, I've heard, heard a lot lil of Yachty. things from some of them. That's that, one of the new ones. That is his? Lil Yachty. That, that is his? That is his. <laughs> that is his. That's actually one of the newer rap names as well. No, there's a lot of dumb Lil Nas X. Yes. See, that's a bad one to me, because... It sounds like a Zanga name? No, because Nas is an already made-up rapper name. Okay. And then you just, like, what if I made my name Lil Puff Daddy X? That can't be allowed. I mean, I would listen to your single to see what you're about. I'm about riding horses in my back and whatever. Is it really a horse, though? Sure. (laughs) Seahorse. (laughs) <laughs> i ride seahorses you mostly. only rap about stuff in the ocean obviously um well that's like um i've recently heard for the first time uh machine gun kelly oh old machine gun or newer poppy machine gun so i was uh, listening to the radio which i don't usually so do newer. the music radio and this song came on and A it so- said compared to the weather radio that you might just pop on and... uh sports talk radio okay thank you you sound stupid now. Um, <laughs> so it popped on and it said Machine Gun Kelly. And I said, oh, I've heard of this guy. His name is Machine Gun Kelly, like the famous mobster. I bet this guy is hard. This is gonna fucking slam. And then the song started playing and it was like, I got a text from my ex-girlfriend. And I was like, wow, this is gay. <laughs> This guy's name is Machine Gun Kelly. He 
chose to call himself mm-hmm. Machine Gun Kelly, mm-hmm. and then he makes songs about getting texts from your ex's ex's friends. Hey, ever heard of irony? I don't think it's irony. I think it's like uh, all of his fans now are also Justin Bieber fans. It's the same people. And Justin it Bieber has, has gone be. harder. Justin Bieber talks about murdering people in his songs now. Yeah. Justin Bieber has beef with, um, I don't know, the West Coast rappers. All of them? All of them. Well, that was a thing back in the day. It was East, East Coast, Coast versus, versus West Coast. You yeah. had Biggie on one end. You had uh, Tupac on the other end. Did Were they on opposite sides? Yeah, Biggie was East Coast. He's from New York. So East Coast guys were like showing up to fights with lobsters and shit. And West Coast was like showing up with surfboards. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> That's how most of their uh, their rap gang battles went. Rap Actually, that was battles. how Tupac was uh, uh, clawed to death by a lobster. He was yeah. in one of the in the f- famous fight. Yeah, after at the night of that Mike Tyson fight at the MGM. Okay, uh, that's where it all kind of started from. So uh, now you know. So, we've got a lot of violence going on so far. We're going to have more violence, a lot more violence discussion. Emotional violence. Episode. No, no, no. Very physical violence. Oh, no. Because today we're talking about the dating game. Yeah. Uh, I would say a classic. Well-known. Popular. Absolutely. The dating game premiered on December 20th, 1965. A weird day for a TV show to premiere. The week December of Christmas. 20th. Like, especially a daily uh, game show like this, just in the middle of the day. I guess maybe, like, peop- a lot of people are home from work. Maybe they'll be watching TV. But aren't people, like, getting ready for Christmas and stuff? If you're not ready for Christmas on the 20th, you're not an American. Well, like back in the day, you didn't have internet and stuff. This was 1965, so you have to be running around going to the stores for all your paraphernalia. I'm saying you should have you should have done that by the 20th. Okay. Well, this was December 20th, 1965, when everybody had all of their Christmas shopping done and all their <laughs> decorations ready. They had a turkey in the fridge, uh-huh. and they all sat down in the middle of the day to watch the dating game on ABC, which is where it aired. It was hosted by Jim Lang. I guess for this type of show, he was a pretty good host. He was a radio DJ in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. and He uh, knew Biggie. No, he knew Tupac. Oh, sorry. He um, Tupac. Well, I got to remember this somehow. I got to mash this into my brain. Tupac. Oh, Pacific. To Pacific. To Pacific. To Pacific. I'll never forget that now. Perfect. The Notorious B.I.G. Apple. There you go. (laughs) You know that he's from New York. Okay, perfect. So he did some other game show hosting stuff as well. I would say, uh, I mean, he's definitely most well-known for hosting the dating game. And this show was not... Uh, a trivia show it was not a skill show anything like that it was not even like we did the newlywed game where you got to match answers there's none of that at all it's Mm -hmm. kind of just you interview people loosely there are still questions there are questions but they are uh they vary they're not from bad to worse (laughs) pretty much yes so the show um in its original incarnation almost always Featured a bachelorette. Help! Nice. And three bachelors vying for a date with said bachelorette. Mm-hmm. We had your favorite, a big old-fashioned rotating stage. I mean, you have to have it. If you don't have it, you lose a star. Wow. Which uh, created... Buzzer. You lose a buzzer. A buzzer, yeah. That's how we rate things. Mm-hmm. Good call. So the rotating stage kind of uh, rotated around. So there was a divider between where the bachelorette was and the three bachelors sitting in their little easel painter chairs or whatever. No, no looking for you. No only, looking. only. This is an auditory, auditory uh, this situation. Is not, this is not a shallow show. No. All right. This is about getting to know the real person, who this real person is, by asking them questions like. 
if you were a dish at dinner, what would you be? Correct. You know, important things that right. you need to know about you've a just, potential lover. You, you've just heard a siren on the beach. What is the siren? I would say a siren is a is a hot babe coming out of the water. Mm-hmm. And that and that the bachelor would go, okay, this guy knows mythology. Thank you. And I'm into that. And she would be. And that was the exact question too, which was crazy. Was that? Did anybody give that sort of answer? Or no, no, no. Know? I made that up, and I'll tell oh. you why I made it up because <laughs> okay. um, that was good. it was a good made up question. I believed it. That and that's that's my point is that it <laughs> okay. wasn't a good question. <laughs> right. I could have literally said anything, and you would have said. Okay, I, I guess I guess I could see that being asked because none of the yes. questions. I mean, we'll right. get into it, but um, I don't know if you can tell, but they're terrible. If you were a fish, what type of fish would you be, and why? It. So, I think we're doing a good job with examples mm-hmm. here. If you need another example or a better idea, think about when you go into a job interview, and the questions are, "What cereal would you be?" Those loose, dumb questions that you may have gotten in a job interview, that's what these questions are. Right. But it'll always be like, bachelor number two. And then they ask that absurd question. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes they'll go, bachelor number three, same question. Yeah. And then they'd ask it. And then bachelor number one just doesn't get that question. Bachelor number two (laughs) and three only got that question. And then it's like, bachelor number one, would you ever hit me? And then Bachelor number one will say something stupid like, with my lips? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So that's it. That goes on for about six minutes, five or six minutes of questions like that, of little uh, attempts at witty repertoire. Heavy, heavy emphasis on the word attempts. Attempts. Yeah, they they struggled at times. Uh, Because, yeah, it's like... um, it's almost like you have to be a good improviser as well as a good date to get the date. I understand that it would be nervous, you know, just being on television. I mean, just doing these podcasts sometimes, there's a little bit of nerves. I'm but I imagine, right I can tell, you've soiled yourself twice. It happens. But in Japan, adults di- adult diapers outsell baby diapers. Because, because so their old population is older? Yeah. Nobody has sex and makes babies. I learned that from my wife just yesterday, so shout out. Love you, babe. She would get mad if I if I had like not I have a question. given her credit for so that. So how does that come about? Is she just reading on her phone and will just say, hey, this is crazy, and just tell you that fact? Or is there a discussion that prompts her to direct the conversation to I this? think I was talking about how much I wanted to have sex with a Japanese dude. and uh, One with or without a diaper. Well, no, there, I, I wasn't thinking diapers at all until that point. Um, I was more interested when diapers got brought up. <laughs> okay. But, no, I don't, I don't remember how that came up in conversation. Okay. Well, I look forward to the text that I get from her. Yeah. I don't know. I was probably making some jokes, some like uh, disparaging Asian hate comments, and she, got she it. tried to stop me. So that goes on for five or six minutes. They then... Uh, Tell the bachelorette she's got to choose which one she wants to date. And she has plenty of information to go on because she asked really good questions. She asked them each four questions, maybe got a six-word answer for (laughs) most of them, and then she would choose one. And we we would go to a break, we would come back, she would reveal her choice, and then we would get to meet the other two bachelors, which were not picked first, learn about their names and... uh, who they are, basically, and it was always fun to see. <clears throat> excuse me, the reaction, reaction to seeing when the guys the are good time. looking, yeah. and she, you can just tell in her eyes Ooh, she's got the blew it. shit. Yeah, is he, is it the last one left there? And Ugo, he's a fucking Ugo, isn't he? I, why didn't you answer the siren question <laughs> correctly? You, you should have given a better answer to the was... one about the spaghetti and the meat sauce. <laughs> I wanted you to be the meat sauce. Of course, you're not the spaghetti. <laughs> So that, uh, like any, yeah, they, they introduced the two people that weren't chosen. Then let's introduce you to your date. And they bring that person out and then they tell them what their date is because... And it's a the, super normal first date. 
No, it's not. No, not at all. Oh. The they bring the the show the prize of the show for the winner is going on this date, which the show pays for. By the way, and they consistently on many of these emphasized your chaperoned date will be bull. So they're sending somebody along with them on this date. Oh, it's the person that makes sure that they bang. <laughs> yeah. You you have to make sure I mean You have to consummate the match otherwise it's otherwise the show it's not legally binding. Right. Well and sometimes like I saw an episode where it was like, you'll go tennis lessons from this tennis pro at this country club and you'll get to go to this tennis shop to get tennis gear. And then you'll go to Six Flags Magic Mountain. <laughs> I was like, whoa, cool date. Because another episode that I watched, which Burt Reynolds was one of the bachelors on, Ooh. by the way. Was he chosen? He had to He was chosen. not chosen. Oh. Blew it there. Yikes. Um, it was, you get a ski resort in France, in the French Alps. Yes. Every single one I saw was, one was in Switzerland. I saw in Italy and a saw French in Italy. Alps. Those were both on the same episode because they do two per episode. Yeah, I saw beautiful European vacations. Yeah, and then Magic Mountain also. Mm -hmm. So I guess they kind of, like, as the show progressed, maybe they toned back the budget a little bit. I mean, you can't... If you fuck up a first date that is skiing in the Swiss Alps, like, you... You're being, you're all you have to do is is you, they, bunt. They, they put the ball on the tee for you. Yes, basically. you just have to just, just bunt swing. it off. Yeah. So can you bunt in in, in tee ball? In tee ball? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't. I mean, think I guess every hits a bunt essentially. Pretty much. I mean, or you you hit the tee and the ball just drops down. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the bachelorette picks the winner. Then they get this date. And the losers will get, like, some cologne or something like that. Or a Psycho watch. Oh, nice. There's some expensive Psycho watches. This one was not. Oh, that's a shame. Um, so it was on ABC. It was canceled in 1973. By someone who hates love. Obviously. Uh, it was frequently packaged together with um, the Newlywed Game. They would air them back-to-back -back in an hour block. Kind of makes sense. Get your men and women questioning each other television block and then once you do your one stint on dating game then you have to then get you have to married after the first date yeah, exactly and then you go on newlywed and they did quite frequently do like a check back in with the date from a previous episode thing at the end of a show and they might have like little clips from like the chaperone or whatever whoever they sent with them like look here's them getting on getting off the plane in dominican republic or whatever yeah uh can't, there was one somewhere in the caribbean that i can't remember where it was uh and then the next shot is is him in the room of them making out on the bed <laughs> yeah and he's just <laughs> no it just gets hardcore fast <laughs> most of it is just uh the chaperones involved like that paris hilton sex tape thing um never seen it me neither it's disgusting so yep move on we should move on there's some weird parts with like the black and white that i didn't like in the night vision <laughs> so um so you could ask pretty much any question as we established except you couldn't there were some no-nos there were some no-nos um was one of them dick size you know i was gonna also make that joke uh no that wasn't on the list but i imagine that would be a no-no okay um no questions about no-no places. Uh, could you ask it like this? If you were a penis, how big would you be? <laughs> uh, well, there was one episode I saw, which we will talk about in detail uh, in, a, in a few minutes, where it was, it was what dish would you be and describe yourself if I were serving you for dinner. Okay. And he just said, banana. <sniffs> and then he's like, why? Well, describe yourself. And he goes, unpeel me. And that was it. So he wants her to take the skin down the sides of his body. It puts the lotion on the skin and then it pinches the top, puts the lotion on the skin and pulls the side. Yeah. She was Buffalo Bill, actually. Oh, 
So it was canceled on ABC in 1973, went for another year in syndication through 74. It was brought back to life, syndicated again from 78 to 80. Uh, it was resurrected. This is all the Jim Lang. Came back again from 86 to 89 for the first season with a woman named Elaine Joyce, who I first kind of got confused with Dr. Joyce Brothers in my head. So I was like, oh, a relationship advice person. That makes sense to be hosting this show. But no, it was just some actress okay. named Elaine Joyce. Uh, and then a guy named Jeff McGregor hosted the last two years of that, which who doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, so I don't care about him. Well, that was the guy that you would put in the corner of your window at the front of your house. And that's how you knew it was a safe house to go into. Jeff McGregor? Oh, you're thinking of McGruff the crime dog? Nope, I'm thinking of Jeff McGregor. The crime dog? You would have a picture of Jeff McGregor. <laughs> Crime dog, and it was a yellow, it was a yellow sign, uh -huh. and Jeff McGregor was there and had the dating game logo. <laughs> um, Why don't we have those anymore? That's Is a great it because question. perverted people would sign up to get the sign in their house? Probably a pretty good way to lure. People I imagine in. this the vetting process for buying a sign and putting it in your window is probably not extensive. There probably wasn't a background check. No, I have a. Uh, Frisco High School uh, drill team sign in my front yard. Like Frisco High School drill team welcome? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Safe space. We have a Starbucks in here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that one went off air in 89. 96 was the f most recent revival. Um, and it was hosted by Brad Sherwood. And I went, oh... That's funny. He's got the same name as that guy from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And then I found out that it was the guy from Whose Line Is It Anyway? He Which was on the guy? Brad Sherwood. He was on... Uh, Which one was it? Obviously not Colin. Obviously not the other one. Right. He, he wasn't on it. So he was on the the British one as a regular. Um, and then he was like... Him and like Greg Proopst would kind of like alternate a lot on okay. the US one. Or I, I don't know if he, he was on a couple seasons and Greg Probst was on a couple seasons. I don't remember how how it went because it was always like Colin, Wayne, Ryan were always right. there. But the fourth guy would always kind of rotate out a little bit. But uh, So it was him, but then he got replaced by Chuck Woolery, who hosted uh, many a game show. Back That's in, a great name. Back in the 80s and 70s. Uh, he, he, he got out of whatever thing he was doing at the time and ended up doing this show. At the end of the show, traditionally, pretty much throughout all these runs, the host and the winners would blow a kiss at the camera. Do it, let's do it right now for the people watching. And that was, and sorry for the listeners, sucks. Yeah, you missed out. That was a great moment in the history of this podcast. It was. And you all missed it. Yep. So, now I'm going to take the time to... Please take the time. Um, what's that word? You know, go down a, Dissect, a different path. Diverge. Here. Yeah, that's what, that, I was. I was in Explore. that same realm, but I couldn't figure out what the word I was thinking of is. What were you thinking of? I don't know, but it okay. doesn't matter. Um, but right now we're going to talk about a guy named Rodney Alcala. Okay. So, Rodney Alcala is a guy who is most famously known not as Rodney Alcala, but as the dating game killer. And you might be thinking so he was a, he was a, he he just killed on this game. Like oh, he, I was thinking he was a contestant and did so bad that the show had to end because his performance yeah they canceled was so... the show when he was on. And coincidentally, he was on the show multiple times in 1974, 1980, 1989, and 1999. So he was a serial a serial and that version of the show got canceled every single time. Wow. Right after. Um, so uh, Rodney Alcala, uh, he was a guy who he was in the army in the 1960s and the early 60s, and uh, he was at Fort Bragg, went AWOL. Bragg, uh, brag about it. He went AWOL. Uh, they couldn't find him. And what does that stand for again? A W O L. Um, I don't know. Ah, uh, where our lad? Lad is <laughs> exactly where I was going. Also, um. So, he disappeared. They found him. And he was then examined by army doctors and sure. diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder. That's a bad one. And medically discharged. 
So he went on to graduate from the UCLA School of Fine Arts. Uh, he went to New York for a little bit. He studied under Roman Polanski. Um, who you know who else studied under Roman Polanski? Don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure lots of people have. Yeah, so Roman Polanski uh, is currently at large uh, wanted <laughs> in the United States uh, because he has been convicted and sentenced for drugging and raping a 13-year-old girl. Sure. And Hollywood loves him and gives yes. him a standing ovation anytime they can because they love raping little girls. Um, did you see that ship that got stuck with all the little girls? <laughs> Excuse me? No. Oh, did we talk about that already? That was the, the QAnon thing. Uh, that ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal. Oh. <laughs> they said it was like filled with little girls that are being trafficked <laughs> by Hillary Clinton. Which, I haven't seen any proof that it, it wasn't. It wasn't, yeah, me, same. So... In uh, 1968, back in Los Angeles, our boy Rod, Rodney Alcala here, he uh, had the police called because somebody saw him uh, luring an eight-year-old girl into his apartment. The police arrived. It can't be that hard to lure an eight-year-old girl into your apartment. Probably not. The police arrived. They found the little girl um, oh, no. sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. But alive. And he was gone. So he decided he needed to get out of here. And he moved to New York. He enrolled in NYU under the name John Berger. Uh, He raped a flight attendant. And then became a counselor at an arts camp for children in New York. My God. Uh, He got on the FBI most wanted list. And... One day, a couple of his art campers were at the post office and saw the FBI Most Wanted poster with their camp counselor on it. And they told the one the... that liked to give everybody hugs a lot. <laughs> yeah. And they told the popo. Uh, so he got arrested. He was extradited to California. In the meantime, the little girl's family had moved to Mexico. The eight year old girl? Yes. Okay. And they said, We are not uh, flying our eight or nine-year-old daughter to California to testify in this case. And so most of the charges were dropped and he was only convicted of assault. Wow. uh, For which he served 17 months in prison. He got out of prison and lived just a clean... Yeah, it was um, totally normal. ...upstanding life after... Oh, no, sorry. Uh... Two months later, he assaulted a 13-year-old girl. You know um, what? Hey, look, silver lining, she's not eight. <laughs> I, yes, yes. Uh, he got two more years for that. Got out after two years, um, went to his parole officer and said, um, Hey, um, I just want to go over to New York for a little bit. And the parole officer was like, Okay, that sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> we don't need to be monitoring you. Um... So he went to New York um, and raped and murdered some heiress there one week after. An heiress? In New York. Yeah. He's moving to royalty now? Yeah, basically. Like an heir to like a wealth, not like a, a castle or something. Th- thank you for that. Just wanted to clarify. We oh, talk about- oh, hold on. New York America? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was thinking New York Wales. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, like Paris Hilton, it all comes back. An heiress. <laughs> yeah. So, came back to L.A. Uh, you know, nobody knew about uh, the flight attendant over there or the this heiress that he had murdered over there at this point in time. Um, where he got a job as a typesetter for the L.A. Times. And then I believe he used his, like, L.A. Times credentials to tell people that he was a, a fashion photographer. Okay. And so, he basically was able to lure in like hundreds of like young like teenage boys and girls under the guise of him being a fashion photographer Mm -hmm. so that he could like take naked photos of them and their parents are none the wiser because they think they're dealing with like a fashion photographer that is taking these photographs Uh of their children he wasn't a fashion photographer i don't know if i 
made that clear, but he was not a fashion I mean, honestly, what are the credentials to be a fashion photographer? Because he had an extensive portfolio. That is, you know what? That is a good point. <laughs> and so I don't want to discredit him. Thank you. There are other things that we can convict him for that a jury of his peers has convicted him for several times. Right. Um, but following your dreams... I don't think we can convict him for that. Shouldn't be on trial for that. You're right. You're right. So... In 1978, he gets on the dating game. Thank God. Because he's an eligible bachelor. He is, as the show described, a successful photographer who in his free time enjoys skydiving and riding motorcycles. So, I mean, he sounds like a pretty down-to-earth cool dude. Sounds like a catch. Let's be real. And... After he gave that banana answer. Oh, he was banana guy? He was banana guy. Perfect. You knew he was a catch. And so did contestant Cheryl Bradshaw because she chose him. And she's alive. As far as I know, yes. Okay, okay. Yes. As far as I know, yes. So, and that was also the episode where they won the tennis and the Magic Mountain uh, for their date. And. You know what? You know what? A lot of. You know what? You know, Magic Mountain has a lot of... What's that? Children. Yep. So, the good news for everybody, I think. (laughs) Well, maybe not for everybody. I'll get into that in a second. But Cheryl Bradshaw, you know, obviously she meets this guy. And then I'm sure they like talk backstage and they coordinate um, what's going on. And she says, this guy is creepy as fuck. I am not going on a date with him. (laughs) So, they never go on their date. Which is great for her. Maybe not great for everyone else in the sense that, according to some, um, like, psychologists, the rejection could have upset him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day, a year later, a little girl named Robin Samso, who was on her way to ballet class, 12-year-old girl, I believe, uh, went missing. Her body was found 12 days later. Um, and she was with some friends at the beach before the ballet class, and they said that a man who was a fashion photographer came up and recruited her to do a fashion modeling shoot with him. And they worked those two little girls worked with a sketch artist to describe what he looked like and draw up a little sketch. And I um, don't trust those at all. Every time I see a sketch artist, it looks like the leprechaun say, yeah. Okay. It might as well be because it's like, yep, that could be anybody, I guess, if you squint hard enough. That does look like generally what a human person looks like. I don't trust those at all. However... His parole officer said, I know that guy. Um, I don't think so, because he's pretty dope, and uh, he travels yeah, all over the place. He's like, going, like, dude, this guy's studying with Polanski. He's like, he's a big wig. I mean, but that is what he looks like. So I think we should just clear this all up. So they went and found him. They This was in like Santa Barbara or around that area, somewhere in Northern California, I believe. They found that he had a... Uh, storage space in seattle and they found the little girl's earrings in his storage locker which it's crazy because this was all this was 12 days later remember like he like murdered her and like took her stuff went up to seattle to store it somewhere and then came back in that time frame wow like crazy so he was tried for that um and then he was uh found guilty i know that might surprise you and he was sentenced to death, which is the most severe of sentences. Or is it? That you can get. Or is it? Or does everybody go to heaven and that dude just got a quick ticket to everybody? one of the dopest places? Everybody goes? I don't, I'm not saying, I don't know. Do you Old know? dogs, yes. <laughs> I mean, tech, in technically Dating the Bible, killers? dogs do not go to heaven. Whoa. Because they don't have souls. Okay, fair enough. That's That checks out. Uh, scientifically so he this 1980 he was sentenced to death the california supreme court 
bunch of fucking pussy liberals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They overturned it because there was mention of his previous sex crimes in the trial that were was inadmissible as evidence for whatever reason in their view. So then they redid the trial. Mm. Exactly the same, except they didn't mention those pesky little previous sex crimes. Um, and this time... He was found guilty and sentenced to death. Uh-huh. Uh, in 1986. Um, a little while later, the Ninth Circuit Court of the United States, a frequently considered a very activist court. Very feline-friendly. Exactly. Um, they overturned this verdict because, and I'd like to be very clear here because... This is ridiculous. Okay. Because the judge disallowed testimony that would have supported his claim that the park ranger who found the body was hypnotized by the police before being questioned to give the answers that they wanted. His defense was that they hypnotized the park ranger who found the body. Well, not everybody has views on hypnotism like you do. You it's... think it's a crock of shit. Yes, um, I do. But if a trained hypnotist who was also a police officer... Hold on. I want to kind of cancel this recording because I don't want somebody to steal this idea for my new sitcom. <laughs> what is it? It's a tr- trained hypnotist that is also a police officer that solves crimes with hypnotism. Okay, what's the what's the title of the show? Um, it's called um, Hypnocop. Don't sleep on hip. I like Hypnocop better. Yeah. Okay. So they overturned it because of that. So they decided, okay, well, I guess we're gonna have to go get this guy convicted again. This is unbelievable. I mean, just look at this point. I look. I know it's a slippery slope, but when clear justice needs to be done, can we not just pay a couple bitcoins to somebody to just off this dude? That's a good question. Uh, the problem is, as of today, a couple bitcoins is worth forty-seven cents. So, <laughs> um, hopefully not. Yeah, unfortunately. So obviously, he's going to get a new trial now. The thing is, technology has happened since then. And now we've got something called DNA evidence. Ooh. And we have all this evidence from some previously cold cases that as they were going through them and in preparations for his new trial, um, they found four raped and murdered women that had his semen in all of them. Okay. And so they said, all right, why don't we go ahead and charge him for five murders instead of the one murder this time i have bad feelings about how this is gonna that way you can't overturn all five of these so they did that um and then he uh rod made a pretty wise choice this time and just said you know what it hasn't been working out with these lawyers that i've been paying i'll do it myself okay you're telling me pause he had a discussion with the previous lawyer and said, hey, dude, I have this idea. Let's bring up this hypnotism thing. And that lawyer <laughs> said, all right, let's try it. That lawyer agreed to that uh-huh. defense. Yep. Okay, so now we're at... I can't wait to hear what. So now he's defending himself. Great. Um, Mr. Rodney Alcala, attorney at law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's defending himself in this trial. And he calls two witnesses. Um, one Roman of Roman Polanski and <laughs> yeah, Roman Polanski attested to his great character. <laughs> um, so he calls two witnesses. One of them was like a uh, a forensic analyst, kind of talking about the the DNA on the you know four other women that he raped and murdered. Yeah, and one of them was himself. <laughs> uh, and he sat on the stand for five hours. Questioning himself in a different voice and addressing himself as Mr. Alcala. Like, he'd be like, so, Mr. Alcala, where were you on the day of the murder? 
Like I said a million times, I was I was at this place doing this thing. Did he have to pop up and down from I the stand? I don't think he popped up and down. I think uh, he had to stay in the stand the whole time, which please, is unfortunate. Was there, was there at least a, a, a change, a clothing change or some sort? <laughs> well, no. He did his makeup different on each side of his face and had like a half shirt and he would just turn to the side, whoever was talking. Yeah. Um, and this, this was in 2010, by the way, so there might be some video of this oh my or audio out there accessible or certainly at least the the transcript will be available so he did all that and honestly what a move by him because this time he was found guilty and sentenced to death <laughs> so so i mean that's like a few times now and this he... is a good example of why california's got their shit together <laughs> this guy's been sentenced to death three times now for the same thing um a few years ago, the uh, the DNA evidence um, uncovered that the the two women that he killed in New York, um, and so he was extradited to New York for those. I believe he ended up pleading guilty because he said he liked it better in California and wanted to go back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so he pled guilty to those. Um, so that's at least uh, six women there um, that he's guilty of killing so far and then the police released uh, 120 photos that they had acquired from you know all of his photo shoots and stuff like that trying to identify like do you know any of these people are any of these people missing people that have unsolved cases or whatever because this guy probably did it um and they identified one person from so they 120 photos were released 900 photos were not released because they said that they were uh child pornography well right but the thing was i saw several of the photos that were released and many of them were either child pornography or nude photos of people but they were cropped okay okay so i want to know like how what were these other how were these other 900 photos shot that there wasn't a way to just crop the head out of them. Well, maybe I, these I kids had know. boobs on their faces. <laughs> maybe. So, uh, so I'm disturbed to uh, to wonder what was in those 900 other yeah. photos. Um, but yeah, so one person has been identified from that that was murdered that has now been uh, linked to him, I believe in Wyoming. And so there are at least eight victims of his and uh, police speculate maybe up to 100. It is scary how easy it is to kill somebody. Well, I think especially like in the 70s and the 60s, like... Still happens now. It does, but at a much lower rate. Like people now, they're like, yeah, you can't send your kids out like to just run free like we did in the 80s. I'm like, this guy could have murdered so many people in the 80s and now <laughs> he would get caught pretty quickly. Maybe. We don't have... No, think about what's what's the last like serial killer with a name? Um, John Wayne Gacy. Okay, right. And when did he do all that stuff? In the 70s. <laughs> I mean, like, you don't have, like, think about the, think about the 60s, 70s, and 80s. You had uh, the Son of Sam. Yeah. You had BTK. You had the Zodiac Killer. You had um, John Dahmer. Wayne Gacy. Dahmer. You had Jeffrey Dahmer. You had all these people. Like, there were so many famous serial killers then. You don't have that anymore because it's not so easy to do it anymore. We are much safer now. Everybody who locks their here's, kids up all the time is an idiot. Let your kids go run and Here's play. what I've learned. If I'm going to kill anybody, it's going to be in California. And it's going to be in 1973. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say if they had a time machine, they'd go back and kill Hitler. I'd go back and kill a bunch of random people. Just because you could. Just because nobody would catch me. What if that is like, in the future, we don't have amusement parks. We have time travel that you can take and that's like a fun ride that you can do is you can go back and one of the packages you can buy is a free-for-all murder and they're like oh any time before 1975 you're good to go just go ahead and head back it makes sense i mean but i think about now like as a philosophical question you know a lot of people say like i'd go back in time and i'd kill hitler as a kid or you don't know what bad might happen if you kill hitler okay okay that that's true but also, I think about it like, this Hitler hasn't done anything wrong yet. Am I justified in killing this guy 
that hasn't done anything wrong yet. But you're so you're saying like you don't want to get into minority report situation. That's what I'm saying. Minority report. What if I go back and just by my presence of being there, it changes right. butterfly effect something that Hitler doesn't turn into this evil. Hitler. I mean, some, what would you have to some, do? Some art critic really liked Hitler's work. There's no and way he becomes he a famous artist and did all of this because a couple guys were like, I don't like how you paint. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why they, they told him that the, the swastika was derivative and plain. And he said, I'll show you. I mean, honestly, it kind of was. I'll show you. I'll show you. Well, now you. Hitler's coming for you next. <laughs> Who, just... What do you think Hitler would do if he had access to a time machine? Um, He would go back and kill um the Abraham. F- the first Jewish person. Abraham, right? <laughs> no Jews. They're all gone. Ever. Yeah. Wow. You did it. Honestly, let's give him a time. No, that would be bad because then we wouldn't have all the future Jewish people. I'm saying like one. Because Father Abraham had many sons, if there's one thing I know about him. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so Rodney Alcala, most famous for the dating, uh, for being the dating game killer. If you search uh, the dating game, you, you just get a lot of dating game killer results because mm-hmm. um, true crime is so popular. It's hot. Hot. It is hot. There are many That's documentaries hot. and uh, biopic. Biopic. I think I say biopic. What do you say? I've never said that word, and I'm gonna die without saying it. Okay. I think I say biopic. There, there are a few of those. It's out gif. There. It's gif. It's pronounced gif. No, it's gif. It's gif. So there are a few of those out there. There's a lot to to learn about about our boy Rod. Uh, who is? I wouldn't say our boy Rod. I would just say a guy. All right, but... your boy Rod. Okay, uh, hold on. No, no, it's no. He's nobody's boy. You're, you're right. I'm not. I don't know him like you do. I haven't written him any letters. I like have you. written him one letter, and it was to potentially get some. I'm going to be going to traffic court recently, and I wanted to know how to question and defend how, how myself. How to defend yourself properly. And I, yeah. I think that if anybody has that specific niche skill set, I would love to get it from him. That's smart. That's smart. So, yeah, there's there's no uh, legit way to watch the dating game right now unless you find some reruns popping up on um, Game Show Network, which is how I think we were probably ever familiar with it in the first place. Or YouTube. Or you can see Steve Martin YouTube. on the dating yep, Steve Martin. There, there were a lot of celebrities on it. Some of them before they were celebrities because, you know, a lot of these game show, reality show type things are always people that live in L.A. and are trying to make it yeah. big. Any chance to get on TV, you'll <laughs> right. do it. Uh, so there were some people that were pre-fame that were on the show. There were some people that, like Burt Reynolds was on it when he was already on a TV show. And okay. it was, and I was like, oh, is it going to be a panel of celebrity people? But no, he was the only one that was a celebrity on there. And they didn't, you know, tell the Bachelorette that he was going to, that there was a celebrity yeah. that she could choose or whatever. It was just like, this guy, it was Hawk on the ABC hit show, Hawk, <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Um, that After she didn't pick him idiot yeah what an uh, idiot but the other guy the guy she did pick was like a um some world record holder in something athletic so oh high jump okay i was gonna say world records no, now uh, pole are... vault pole vault the first man to ever break 17 feet on the pole vault 17 feet six and a half inches and she was mostly focused on the six and a half inches i don't understand pole vault it doesn't make sense to me when i see it happen right well because uh, my thought is always, um, it's like, isn't oh, the I maximum thought... just determined by how big the pole is? <laughs> yeah, like what if guys have longer poles? That's not yeah, fair. Just use a longer pole. Hello. Wow. I would be so good at pole vault. I didn't even think about that. So yeah, he, she, she, I guess got a winner in the long run. Anyway, maybe I don't know. Burt Reynolds is dead. Maybe that guy's still alive. That's a good point. So. The, this was the last we'd heard of the dating game in popular culture until two weeks from now. We have a special guest. No. Rod. <laughs> we got him. We got him, baby. Still alive for reasons unknown to anybody. Because remember, he was sentenced to death 40, 41 years ago. Wow. Um, We've got a new dating game coming out. And it's only serial killers this time basically yeah it is called the celebrity dating game nailed it 
So yes, only uh, only narcissists at least. Uh, it's gonna be hosted by Zoe Deschanel. Hey, she's the best. Hey, I'm Zoe. That's my Zoe Deschanel. Not very good. Not a very good Zoe. That's exactly how she sounds. Okay. So Z- Zoe Deschanel will be hosting. It'll be all celebrities with, for the most part, classic dating game rules. Uh, and I'm sure we're gonna be using celebrities in a fairly loose sense i was just about to ask because i've already seen that one of the people was a contestant on the bachelor so that's a big show yes it is that's a big show. yes it is but this again goes back to the point of what celebrity means anymore because it means nothing because anybody can be a celebrity my dog can be a celebrity if i take the right filters on instagram you you fucking wish dude i do wish i try i've tried so many filters (laughs) Uh, but the the twist here is that, and this sounds like uh, like a fake idea, idea like you would make up for like a parody TV show. Okay. Um, but it's going to be hosted by Zoe Deschanel with all celebrities. And the catch is that they will be getting hints about the identity of the Bachelor or Bachelorette celebrities through parody songs performed by michael bolton (laughs) what parody songs about with hints of the yeah that talentless ass clown michael bolton i don't know man that one that one thing he did this is the tale of captain jack sparrow it's a good it's a good song it's not bad, but I was just doing an Office Space reference with the, uh, the guy's name. Okay, that's right. Because was Michael Bolton. Yeah, but yeah, that in between questions, Michael Bolton will be doing teaser parody songs hmm. to give hints about who the celebrities are. Even though I think the the main Bachelor or Bachelor, because we've progressed as a society, it's not just a woman choosing between a bunch of men now. Thank we can God. go either way. Or we can have some theys, or we can have some gays, or whatever. <laughs> what? Oh, man. I just would love to see a show called Some Theys and Some Gays. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be a show on Bravo before the end of the year. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, there's no reason that it needs to be... Uh, one woman choosing between three men. One man can choose between three women. Or one woman can choose between three women. Or so, whatever. So are they going to have questions? They're still going to ask questions? They're still going to ask questions. Why? What's the point? Just listen to the fun songs. Because is the fun song going to tell me what type of crustacean you would be? And why? Peanut, peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> Excuse me? Crust. Peanut butter and jelly crust. <laughs> peanut, okay. <laughs> The still the answer still doesn't make any sense with the clarification, <laughs> but I appreciate it. Oh man! Um, so the dating game, um, aside from having Michael Bolton sing parody songs to give hints to what celebrity is dressed up in an octopus costume today, <laughs> because that's the, that's where the whole world is going at this point. Right. Um, what other ideas do you have to make it better? Just one, baby. Just one. And it's, it's the Michael Bolton one. It's it's, it's more serial killers. Yeah. But it was not Michael Bolton singing parody songs. It was Michael Bolton singing songs literally about who these people were. Oh, and if okay. you could get through the full song listening to his voice, you win. Wow. Uh, I would say that each uh, answer would be allotted a certain amount of points by the question asker. The Yeah. And each... At the end of the um, show, the person with the most points gets first choice at one of three weapons. And then the three uh, men have to fight to the death. And that last person standing gets to go on the date to Magic Mountain. Okay. So right. she is essentially still kind of choosing. Right. She's choosing giving... who gets the best weapon. Correct. Okay. Um, that was it. So there was, in the 1996 
revival there were a couple twists on the gameplay mm. one of them was for a little while they did a at the very beginning the bachelorette would see the three bachelors huh. at the very beginning huh. and th- but not hear them or anything and then they would be separated by a wall and she would choose which one she was most physically attracted to okay and then she would ask all the questions and then she would choose which one she was most like personally attracted to Okay. Based on the questions. And if that was the same person, that person won $500, first of all. Sweet. Um, but if it was different people, she then had to choose whether she wanted to go off of the looks or the personality. Um, wow. I mean, I imagine you would go with looks most of the time. Yeah, you're not looking for Unless, like, one person was like, I'm a, you know. I'm not looking for a long-term relationship out of which person what which planet you think is the coolest these people seem to be looking for it are they are they looking for a trip to the french if you were go to the dating game or the italian alps and you're not looking for love you are shortchanging yourself as well as other people you are here for the wrong reasons correct i think you're here for the wrong reason that was i i can't wait if they did revive this show without celebrities or whatever Mm mm-hmm I, it would be like, Bachelor number two, if you were to take me out on a date to your dream vacation, where would it be and why? And he'd be like, I just want to let you know, I think Bachelor number three is here for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it would go these days. Yeah. Um, I can tell. I am a white knight, so you know that I'm going to be here to sweep you honest, off your feet. Honestly... I, I just want to let you know that I feel like I'm falling in love with you. And this is the first question. Oh, you know what? <laughs> and I didn't ask anything yet. You can't just <laughs> say stuff. This, this love is blind was more entertaining to me and offered just as much cringiness as the dating as game? dating game. And it was almost the same exact thing. Yeah, they had to choose each other without seeing each other, just talking. You're and right. they just, but they were, they were. It was over like, a longer term. Yeah, it's like a, I don't know, it was a couple of weeks, I think, that they were allowed to yeah. cycle through and, and pair up. Yeah, and the, but then they had to get married or something. They did have to get married. I would say, turn this into Love Is Blind, which they already did. So my suggestion has already been. I would still want to see. Netflix already did it. I would still want to see the the weapons situation. Okay, yeah. You obviously we need weapons. <laughs> Yeah, because my, my, my suggestion was going to be some some other way to just gamify it a little more, make them compete. You know, like, yeah. I don't know that we needed two Bachelorettes every episode. Like, just make the thing a half hour long and, like, maybe at the first commercial break, eliminate one of them. And then, the, and then the other two are just competing in some other, like, and you can do, like, a trivia thing to see if they're dumb or smart or into certain categories of things that you're like if if the girl is really into these sorts of things trivia questions about that subject to Ooh, see if the, yeah if the guys know or who who might be most compatible something like that to yeah. and then maybe they still get to choose at the end but the, at least there's something that brings a, a stronger level of interest to the game aspect of it i like that those are strong and i think it's called the dating game. Each person, each bachelorette, in in the in the the bones of the game, there should be one question she has to ask, and it is: if you see an eight-year-old girl on the street, what do you do? Okay, my other suggestion was going to be one of the three bachelors every episode is a serial killer, <laughs> so there's a risk. You got to pick right. <laughs> Which is fine because the one time this guy interacted with a normal aged woman she was like no get away from me (laughs) shot out yeah yeah so i i on a buzzer scale i'm gonna give this a two and a half out of five Mm. just because it's of the historical relevancy of it um i'm interested to see what is coming out in the next couple weeks with your fave zoe Mm -hmm. and your second fave michael bolton um but I'm, I'm going to give it a 2.5 buzzers out of 5. I mean, I think that's a good score. I was thinking between a 2.5 or a 3. But 
the I can't and this is a personal thing. I can't watch cringy things. I am too un- uncomfortable to watch these, even though that's an absurd reaction because you are not related to this. You are watching a television show. I don't care. Can't watch it. So two five for me. Kind of a stupid setup. The questions were dumb. If you like watching people ramble and stumble through answers that make no sense to a question that doesn't make sense, some of these would be entertaining to you. But without that, I I didn't enjoy this show that much. All right. 2.5s across the board. This has been The Dating Game featuring Rodney Alcala, The Dating Game Killer. Copyright 1978. <laughs> uh, and another episode of Come On Down, the Game Show podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at Come On Down Show, where we every once in a while post something. Uh, <laughs> we have one post. We almost have one post per episode. So I think we're around 30. We're around 40 episodes now, right? Uh, yeah, I think this is 40 or 41. Oh my gosh. We're crushing it. So yeah, tune in next week where we promise we'll do an episode again. I'm not gonna, you're not gonna move again in the meantime. I hope. And we'll see. My house is already eight hundred thousand dollars more than it was when we bought it. That's true. You just have to move into like a tent somewhere because you can't buy anything after you sell your Um, house. California, hello. Right, it's more expensive. Million dollar tent. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, we will see you guys next week.